live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. You are listening to Teachers Talk Radio with me, Graham Collum, and today we have a smorgasbord of different things to talk about. We're going to be talking about bossing TAs. We're going to be talking about your favourite teachers of history, your worst teachers in history, not of the subject history. And we've got a bunch of other things to talk through as well. Petrol, James Bond, movies, Black History Month. We are live from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, hello and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio, the place where teachers get to talk to teachers about the things that matter to us. I should have used the word features in that and then it could have rhymed. One for next time, teachers talking about their favourite features. All right, um, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. It's a Sunday brunch with me, Graham Collum. Um, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're doing all right. This part of the year is always a tricky one. As we know, we're getting into the into the October-y lull, which for me, I dread it, I dread it, I'm going to be honest with you, it gets dark, it gets cold, I'm sorry, but I just, I, I like Christmas time, I like the winter, you know what I love, is the mornings where you walk into school, I, I'm a walker a lot of the time, and the mornings you walk in, and it's pure blue skies, right, it's frosty, a little, a little, little water, you know, dew on the grass, um, but not a, not a cloud, cold, you know, dewy mornings. Yes, that's what that's what the the peak of winter is all about for me. And this season, autumn and winter, um, that's really good. But but the the heavy rain can wait. The wet breaks can wait. All right, <laughs> that's where that's where I'm at at the moment. If you have if you are joining us today, maybe for the first time on Teachers Talk Radio, then it's worth me letting you know that you can interact. That's the thing with Teachers Talk Radio. You can talk to me and I'll be, I'll be encouraging you throughout to drop your thoughts and opinions on what we're discussing. Um, on the Podbean app, you can get on, you can drop comments throughout and I will respond, I promise. Well, I can't promise. If you're being offensive, then I'm going to ignore it and move on. I might even block you. But um, if, you, if you're on topic, if you have something even a little bit worthwhile to say, or you just want to say hello, then welcome. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio and to me, Graham Collum. Um, you are more than welcome to join us on the Podbean app. You know what? As we go on, you may well feel motivated to strike up a conversation. Maybe I'll be on a tirade about something and you'll think, you know what, Graham? You're wrong. I want to call in and tell you you're wrong. Well, you can do that. You can pick up the phone on the Podbean app, click the round grey icon, and we can talk live on the air. And that really is the joy of Teachers Talk Radio. Last year, last week had some beautiful calls from Dr. Plutonium and Gigi the Chatterbox. And we had such a good chat. Uh, it made the whole show come to life. So I encourage you to interact, drop your comments, call in throughout the show if you feel um, something something tickles your fancy, something strikes your interest, then you are more than welcome to get in. Welcome MK12, welcome Sobia. Well done, your lovely show this morning. Microaggressions is a fascinating topic. If you are interested in the science of microaggressions or the kind of the effects of microaggressions and maybe how to handle them, how, how to process them in a professional good way, Sobia's show before mine is now listenable as a podcast. So you can listen to Sobia's um 
Soviet, she always calls it Soviet Stella Sunday. I love that. Um, Soviet Files show and um, breakfast show that that happened just before this one um, today. Yes, welcome. It's Sunday, the 3rd of October. We are heading through October, heading in towards Halloween, towards the Halloween. I don't know why I always think when I hear October now, I think Halloween and the whole world seems to do that. Because online, it's like as soon as we became 1st October, Halloween memes popped up from everywhere. MK12 is listening to from Birmingham. Um, impressive, MK12. I wonder, did I speak to you on the phone previous, uh, previously, MK12? I feel like I might have. Anyway, um, yes. Well, to be honest, talking about being long distance and that, let's talk about petrol people. I, I said last week, didn't I say it? Last week... I was I was well ahead of it on like Thursday. I topped up my car. It might be Wednesday, might be Thursday. I was like, this is kicking off, lads. Get your petrol. Before you knew it, it was go. I was said last Sunday, I was I was trying to feel for is this the whole of the UK or is it just in Romford? Lo behold, it's all over the news nationally. The whole world is going crazy for petrol. We have um, South Osman from South Australia in the room as well. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I guess over where you are, it's late at night. Um, we're, we're in the middle of the day over here. So sorry if the if the tone doesn't quite match your scenery there, um, South Osman. But I super appreciate you being here live on the show. We're running out of petrol here. I wonder, South Osman, are you also running out of petrol in your part of the world? Because there's all kinds of different um, interpretations of whether it's just the UK, is it all across Europe, is it all across the world. We're having a petrol shortage because we're short of petrol, we're short of truck drivers, and not in Oz. So there you go, guys. If you want a guaranteed bit of petrol, all you need to do is head over to South Australia. Um, Who knows? Who knows? But yes, over here, I was last week I was asking, was it just Romford? I wanted to see that 28 days later plane fly over telling me the rest of the country was fine. But it wasn't. It got worse. It, mad queues still yesterday. Um, mad queues all over the place for petrol, expensive petrol in Australia, it seems. Um, it's going that way here. The conspiracies have come out, though. I don't know if you guys are aware. The conspiracy theory is that petrol goes off. That's not the part of the conspiracy theory. That's a fact. Petrol goes off. And the government wanted to get rid of all the unsold petrol from over, you know, that's been kind of backlogged over COVID times. So they've manufactured this panic about there not being petrol to get rid of it. What do you think of that? What do you think? Is there anything in it? Uh, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, but I think it's possible. I could be persuaded. If you want to educate me properly, because I don't know the whole conspiracy on it. I, I've heard it in a, in a number of little conversations and my, my, my eyebrow raised. Sure, I could be persuaded. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not one for the government at the best of times, but I will take a double vaccination, of course. Um, you know, so let me know. Let me know what you think um, about the petrol thing. Is it a conspiracy or are we simply short of drivers and it's just one of these things that isn't being managed very well? Are they just trying to sell off petrol? You let me know, people. You let me know. COVID continues to ramble through in this weird world of lots of people getting infected, but we're kind of just acting like they're not. So, you know, there's actually, there is still the occasional, uh, you know, it becomes more serious than a bit of, you know, brunch time chatter on a radio actually every now and again. And that is always disheartening. I did hear about a younger person who unfortunately caught it and, and I believe passed away in the week um, because of a kind of uh, people are, are suggesting it's that 
that we're currently not taking it very seriously. You know, I know I'm not really. Um, I, I'm existing now as I usually would. I have my mask on at times. I, I am more distant from people, at, you know, when, when is necessary. But I get that message and that problem that generally um, in this part of the world, at least in the UK, it's very much um, becoming an afterthought. Um, and that's a good thing. I'd like it to become an afterthought. I'd like it to not be a problem. But um, but it is still around and the numbers are up and schools are all getting, you know, we've got a number of kids out every week. I, I've had one day of full attendance um, in the term so far and we've been in for for a month now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, how are you feeling the COVID thing in the UK? Do you think we're doing the right thing? Do you think it's fine? And there are always going to be some sad exceptions um, where where it doesn't quite work. Or do you think that maybe... Um, we need to take it more seriously. Do you think that you're sick of taking it seriously and you want to move on? I'd love to hear from you. It's a tricky topic, I think, um, as we move into this phase of COVID. And I would like to say it's it's into the final phases, but, you know, winter's on the way. We know about the seasonal changes. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I hope that things um, that things kind of continue to, you know, I hope the cases come down because they're, they're not at the moment, but I hope the serious cases continue to come down and deaths certainly continue to come down because they have been really low, which is great. Um, hopefully they will continue downwards. Um, on the same topic of normality-ish, returning-ish kind of in the world at the moment, um, you know, the cinemas have woken up again. We have had loads of movies coming out and it feels like somewhat the, the regular schedule of big movies is starting to return. We had Shang-Chi come out, obviously Black Widow before that in the Marvel world. Venom then came out this weekend. It's done really well for sales, which is a sign that people are returning to the cinema. People are going out and they're more confident. Bond has, has come back to the cinema as well, which famously was supposed to release quite early in the first, you know, when COVID first hit. And so it was delayed for well over a year. And it was this kind of ghost of a film that kept going being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and finally now it is viewable in cinemas um and that's nice that's nice i'm, I'm glad cinemas are coming back I, I gotta say that was one of those areas like even though i've only been twice since um since covid's been out it's just the idea of it i like i the, the thought of going and new movies coming out you know in a regular way and all the buzz around new movies it's a good it's a good thing i think um so i'm glad that that's coming up i wanted to ask on the topic of pop culture right so movies are coming back cinemas are open obviously all the platforms are open now disney plus and all that stuff has a million ways to watch different movies i wanted to talk about briefly pop culture in class what do you do when a child brings up um, a pop culture reference that maybe you maybe you are also a fan maybe you're not okay i'm i'm a marvel fan so a kid brings up marvel what's the right way to deal with that in class what what do you think what's your advice do you bounce off each other do you have the conversation do you kind of save for break time to have it then or do you draw a professional line and you kind of go i'm a teacher this is not our space to talk about silly things um let's not do it i always wonder about that because i i have a funny thing about kids who are well into similar things that i'm into we often have a bit of an odd journey in my class and they kind of they'll start the year really excited oh mr column you know he plays video games he watches movies i get to chat to him about this stuff um but then when they come into the class and they realize i'm teaching them english and i'm teaching them maths and i'm teaching them you know topic and all the other science all the other things like any other normal teacher there's like a oh you know it's like a come down period and then you know and 
in another sense, sometimes some kids are too casual. So I have to pick them up a little bit. And I'm like, there's a time and place to talk about Marvel. This isn't it. Let's move on. And that, again, can hit them really hard. So I'm currently reviewing my... Um, my pop culture references in class, I'm, I, you know, this year I happen to have a class who aren't really into, you know, generally speaking, they're not really Marvel fans. They're not really into, it might be a COVID, might be an effect of COVID, but they're not really into many big brands and movies and things. So, um, so I've had a little bit of respite from my usual occasional banter with child about video games and movies and I've I've come to rethinking it I've come to rethinking maybe I need to draw more of a line and actually have it more of a towards the end of the year or more of a once we've established our boundaries but actually if I start off with more of a we're not chatting about this stuff in school then maybe that would be healthier in the long run and it would they you know kids would enjoy it more when it comes up later rather than the initial come down of oh you know I can't talk about silly stuff whenever I want I don't know. I don't know. You tell me, people. You tell me. What do you think? Um, talking movies in class, is it is it appropriate ever? Or in school, not in class. I wouldn't do it in the middle of a lesson. Uh, I had a kid last year who would, any opportunity, he'd, he'd write about Thanos and the Infinity Stones, which was from Marvel. But, like, literally, we'd be writing a description of a, of a lake, and um, that was the focus. It was all about adjectives and noun phrases and, you know, compound sentences. And we'd be working on our writing. We'd spend a week preparing this descriptive piece of writing. And as soon as he'd get to it, Thanos would turn up out of nowhere, <laughs> snap his fingers and everyone would die. And it's like, what? That's nothing to do with what we're doing. Stay focused. But this is the problem. If you're a bit of a pop culture teacher like myself, this is what you have to contend with. Kids just kind of don't get their boundaries. So talk to me, talk to me. How, how should you, how should that be worked in the, in the classroom? Do we mark our boundaries? Do we say talking about it later or not talking about it at all? Or, um, or do we embrace it? Is it okay to have a bit of a chat about movies occasionally and allow the kids to misunderstand and, and allow the kids to, um, to go on the kind of the up and downs of it and just maybe learn socially that that's how it goes. Um, who knows? Who knows? Talk to me, people. This is Teachers Talk Radio. I'm Graham Collum on the Sunday brunch. I'm always here, 11 to 12.30. You can consider me a regular part of the wallpaper here on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, and yeah, we're just talking pop culture in classes at the moment, how to deal with pop culture in classes. Good morning, Sobia. Good to have you in the room. Um, yes, indeed. I hope you're doing well. I hope you enjoyed your show this morning. It sounded like an amazing one. Um, the topic, it was brill. It actually triggered when I saw you asking. So Sobia set up her show today to talk about microaggressions in the workplace, which is such a fascinating topic and such an awesome thing to discuss. Um, it actually triggered my thinking then of a topic I want to talk about, which was about working with TAs, because of course, depending, there's a line of, you know, they're not trained as teachers and they you know, there are often some dis, some differences in kind of professionalism between TAs and teachers, although not always I have to say my current TA I'm very, very lucky with. Um, but I know that that can be tricky. And so when I was looking at the topic of microaggressions and thinking about what that would be, I was thinking, hmm, managing that would be helpful for many people I know in the classroom and just kind of lessen the problem of microaggressions and little little backhanders and things that might come up in classrooms, which can be tricky, can be tricky because TAs are a different job. They are not class teachers. So anyway, that was my, that was kind of blended into my own topic there, Sobia. Thanks for the inspiration. Um, here's another thing on the topic of movies um, that I was thinking about is 
the is about the way we consume media. So we have obviously Disney Plus and um, Now TV and Netflix and all this stuff is on. And now what we've started to see, I'd I'd say in the last two to three years, not not for a long long time. And tell me if you see this as well. I've started to see that those services are creeping into into school. Has anybody noticed that? So obviously, simple version on movie watching day, right? At the end of a term, you have a half day where usually you'd sit and watch a movie. Maybe you'd you'd usually pick from a bunch of DVDs or you'd pick from a bunch of VHSs. Now you might pull up Netflix or Disney Plus and you get a movie on from those. That's not too bad. But what's happened in some experience I'm aware of, in some people's experiences that I'm aware of, is at lunchtime, when the kids are eating their lunches in their classroom, now it's quite commonplace for the whiteboard to become a vessel for Disney Plus or Netflix or now TV. And so while they're having their lunch, they'll have a movie on on the screen. And I know it's kind of understood to be a bit of a behavior management tool. Um, it keeps them calm. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. it. It makes me a little bit uneasy. It makes me, you know, I'm a massive movie fan, massive geek, love them. And I love, I love to chat to the kids about it. But for me, every day, you know, for half an hour at lunchtime to come in and see kind of a recent movie, quite a lot in the senses, sound, lights, la da la. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need the the screen. You know, I think they get a lot of screen, a lot of sound being blurted at them, a lot of intense thinking time throughout a school day. Couldn't their lunch hour just be non kind of non engaging? You know, like, are we losing the ability to not engage kids all the time? Like, there's going to be a bad fallout from that if, if we are over engage overstimulating kids all the time expecting them to work 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 every minute of the day in school and the school day is getting mad crammed in see maybe in response to this covid thing i think it was always like this anyway but you know the second they come in it's organized organized morning work right this is primary school version english lesson intense intense lots and different segments to the english lesson bit of break time all good come that's usually normal and calm outside see your friends then they come in, maths might have multiple sections, maybe a test in there as well, intense, pushing the learning, pushing, pushing, pushing. Now at lunchtime, there's a movie on the screen, there's lights, there's sound, distractions while people are talking around you, while you're trying to race your, your food down you in 20, 30 minutes. And then we're onto the afternoon, register, reading, onto the next subject, onto the next subject. You know, and often most classes won't have a break in the middle of the afternoon, so they just go on till till three fifteen or three ten or whenever your your school finishes, um, and that's when they then get released. But then they got homework and they got their spellings to do and they got their reading to do and they got the time tables practice. And I know it's all kind of part of it, and it's you know we want to bring these kids up to have high expectations and we want them to push themselves. I get that, and I think it's a good thing, but. There is a part of me that thinks, say, with with the lunchtime movie, couldn't we just, you know, not, couldn't we just not engage them for a time there? Couldn't we just allow them to have a bit of a chat with people? Also socially, like they need those social skills, don't they? We know, again, from the COVID period, social skills are not great right now. So we could do with them having a bit more time to chat, a bit more time, even if they end up having arguments, even if they end up falling out and having a bit of a tricky lunchtime. In a way, I guess I'd rather them have that than just be neutralized by a movie, just be pacified. You know, I, I know from having my own my own little boy, 
that there's that element of there's a time and place for, you know, just keeping them quiet and just having a moment, mental health and all of that, taking a moment and having something on the TV. But, you know, at school now, for in my own experience, at least, or people I know's experience, it's becoming a regular staple. It's not about when it's needed or, you know, certain classes in every classroom when they're eating their lunches, they have Disney Plus or, you know, whatever services on the screen. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, Enoch is in the room. Hello, Enoch from Ghana. Wow, we've been all around the world today. We have people in London, Australia, and now Ghana hanging out. Glad to have you here. I'm honored to have you in the room. We've just had memes enter as well. So welcome, welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. We have been talking, well, I've been talking um, about pacifying kids at lunchtime with things like Disney Plus and Netflix and online services. Is it what, what's your think? What's your take on it? Do you think it's a good thing to um, put screens on for kids at break time? And then the thing is, we all sit in the staff room afterwards. And we're like, oh, these kids with screens. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? We don't want them. You know, they, they're losing all their social skills. And yet at lunchtime in the classroom, they have a TV on on their on their interactive whiteboards. Is that only my experience as well? I'll ask out to all of you guys. Welcome, welcome, Nathan, TSCW. More people coming into the studio. Glad to have you here. Currently asking about services like Disney Plus, Netflix, um, that we have creeping into schools. In my own experience, at lunchtime, when kids are eating their lunch in the classroom, we now have movies streaming um, in the classroom. And I'm thinking it's a bit much. I'm thinking we could just have a social classroom where, all right, it's a bit more rowdy. Okay, there might be more arguments, but actually social skills would be more valued than um, than putting a film in front of them. I don't think it's necessary in a primary school, in a school setting, what are we put in screens in front of them for? I don't get it. Um, Enoch says, I really love this program, but can the teacher throw more light for me? Thank you, Enoch. Um, I'm wondering what you mean. So I'm talking about kids watching TV in school at lunchtime. Okay. Um, so when they're on their lunch break, eating lunch, they're eat- eating sandwiches, they've got a screen on in the classroom. I'm firstly asking, does that happen in other schools? Or is this just my experience? That's to all the listeners in the room. Is that happening in lots of schools now? Are they using streaming programs to kind of pacify kids at lunchtimes? Um, and then if they are, I'm asking, what's your thoughts on it? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing. But I'm asking, do you think that's a good thing? It's a necessary step maybe to relieve TAs and relieve lunchtime assistants of the stress of kids, um, you know, arguing and whatever, falling out at lunchtime? Or should it not be should it not be the case? Should they just be allowed to have those discussions and actually develop a little bit of social skills over lunchtime? Let me know. Let me know what you think. That's just a little conversation I want to throw out about lunchtime movies that I'm seeing a lot. And I, I, I don't think I'm a big fan. I don't think I'm a big, big fan. Although I get the purpose of it, I'm not a big fan. That's no problem. You're not glad to help. Let me know what you think about it if you can. Um, another topic that then came up at the start of, well, at the end of the week just gone, is that now going into October, we are onto, um, we're into Black History Month, which is the in the UK, we treat October as our Black History Month. And so with my year six class, after it was brought up by the head teacher in assembly, and we talked about a few people in history who they may not have heard of before, um, we then discussed as a class about the role of Black History Month and whether we agree with it, whether we don't, the relevance of it, um, 
And this year, I have to say, I had a really lovely discussion with the class. They, um, they really saw, they understood the place for it. And they also, many of them had a voice for, they think it's a shame that we have to have Black History Month. They, some, some children were saying they think there should be months for different cultures. So we might have an Asian History Month, we might have a, you know, Indian History Month, and we might have a South American History Month and things like that. And I, I totally can see that point of view. But there was a, a fair number of voices in the class that said, isn't it, you know, shouldn't we just always learn about all cultures and and I couldn't agree more and um, that's certainly where I sit with that but I but as I say to them every year when we have that kind of discussion I say to them that's the goal the goal is to be able to um, have it all together throughout all topics throughout all learning but we're not there yet unfortunately and so until we get there we need to make this time to to focus on things we need to put aside um you know the usual curriculum and scheme of learning and actually go right it's not and it's not in the curriculum enough it's not in our usual um er, you know standard of learning enough so we'll talk about black history month while we need to um last year though funnily in a year six class this is my own experience last year in our year six class um i had a child pipe up with the old classic that you might expect from you know, I, I don't like to stereotype but you know maybe a red-faced white-haired guy in weatherspoons you might expect but I didn't expect it from a 10-year-old in my classroom last year I had a child come out with well, why isn't there a white history month and you know oh, that to be fair i get it from a kid's point of view i get why a kid would ask that quite innocently and quite fairly why isn't there a white history month so um you know in my head i'm thinking okay that's interesting um bit of context is that I, I knew with the kid it didn't incredibly surprise me he might have that angle so i made an effort to try and clarify this is why you know 11 months of the year pretty much are your white history month and so because of that is why we need to have a black history month you know to say that most learning unfortunately is revolved around white history and the white experience um had that conversation at some length still the child afterwards but why don't we get a month though but why don't we get a month and at that point it, it then became a little bit more despairing for me it became a little bit more head in hands and uh not ideal not ideal so yeah it's 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 interesting and um, you know i did really try and have a you know to i didn't just come down and say oh you know that's a silly thing to say i tried to have a really good decent discussion to say you know you're a kid you you have a valid point of view i get why you think it but um to address it but it was once addressed the resistance then and it was really quite some resistance that continued and continued and continued it was then uh it became a little bit of a problem and it's just a bit worrying isn't it see that in 10 year olds and 11 year olds that kind of um contrarian almost you know facebooky troll kind of effort you know that he wasn't really having the discussion because he really had thought it through and thought this is a valid point it really became more of a more of a thing just to resist you know resist the kind of truth of it really resist the the, the unfortunate truth of the current state of education which is the reason why we currently need to have a black history month um i need is a tricky word you know ideally we would just weave it into the curriculum and i guess that that doesn't have to be over some great deal of 30 years like we could if the government and if if the world prioritized it more we could have that change done by the end of the year and next year's curriculum could be you know um ready to go for many schools but unfortunately, at the moment, the energy isn't there. And of course, we are being 
Our energy has been used up in many, many different directions. Sobia says, it's hard to understand when you're egalitarian. Uh, so he has a valid point. Yes, yeah, it's a... It's a tricky one. Um, more love, less hate, says I agree. And like, like the screen name there, um, more love, less hate. Enoch says, is it good to allow our kids to use the social media handles while they school? Uh, I hope hope not. We certainly don't in primary school for me. I'm with the younger kids. They go up to about age 11. Um, we we don't have social media kind of in school. We, they hand in their phones as they enter and that's that. Secondary schools, of course, be a different thing altogether. So there you go. This is the Sunday brunch with Graham Collin. We've started at 11am in the UK. We've talked through pop culture returning. How do you deal with pop culture in the classroom? I talked about the way we consume media, changing the classroom and streaming happening in classrooms at lunchtime. Is that good or bad? Should it happen? Should it not? And then we've also talked through Black History Month that's just started for October. And um, what do we what do we think about Black History Month? You know, what's your thoughts? Have you had some tricky times having to talk about it with your classes? I'm interested. And I just shared a little tale of where I had a little bit of a tricky discussion last year. Welcome to the Sunday Brunch with me, Graham Collum on Teachers Talk Radio, an interactive talk radio show. And um, you can drop comments live on the Podbean app throughout the show, to which I will respond and include them. Um, and if you have an opinion you'd like to talk about or maybe discuss something with me, maybe you disagree with something I'm saying or you agree and you want to add some data to the pool, then you can click the round grey icon on the Podbean app and call in and share with me your thoughts and reflections. Um, it's just about half past 11 now, so we're going to have the news. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsors and then we're going to crack back to one of our topics for the day, which is about your favourite and least favourite teachers favorite and worst teachers best and worst teachers you decide um here we go a little bit of um news and a word from our sponsors this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news this is your latest teachers talk radio news with gail glenn In Scotland, from the 20th of September, all staff working in schools will be able to access a toolkit of LGBTQ plus inclusive teaching resources and will have to complete a basic awareness course. LGBTQ plus history and topics will now be taught and integrated into everyday learning, making Scotland the first country in the world to make this mandatory. John Swinney, Deputy First Minister, praised the changes when they were confirmed earlier in the year, saying, Scotland is already considered one of the most progressive countries in Europe for LGBTQ plus equality. Schools in Norfolk have been impacted by the ongoing fuel crisis, with some fearing the return to online lessons. Some children who rely on special school transport arrangements have been unable to get to class. A Norfolk County Council spokesperson said, We are aware of a very few incidences where taxi drivers providing home to school transport 
have not been able to get fuel and are doing all we can to ensure that suitable transport remains in place. School buses have been unaffected so far, but there are 13,000 pupils in Norfolk who are eligible for funded transport to school. Former local head Jeff Barton, now General Secretary of the ASCL Head Teachers Union said, the last thing schools need is the added pressure of fuel shortages with the potential for this to mean that staff, pupils and suppliers are unable to get to school. Research conducted by SmartPurse has shown that despite financial education being included in the national curriculum since 2014, their children's financial literacy is still a concern for many parents. Guy Rigdon, CEO of MyBank, said barely a third of 7 to 17 year olds say they have received any form of money lessons. We cannot continue creating generations of young adults who don't know how to save or make informed decisions. For marginalised groups such as girls and young women, the margins are just too thin. It drives inequality and blights mental health. This has been your daily education news briefing. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Live from London, this is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio.
Hello, and I hope you're having a great Sunday wherever you are on this slightly wet and windy October morning. Um, soon to be afternoon, we're about to be talking um, through your favourite teachers and your least favourite teachers. I'll let you guess which one I'm most excited about. Um, but I want to hear from you. I want to know the teachers that stood out to you, the ones you loved, the ones you hated, and why you loved or hated. We Live are from London. This is the Sunday Brunch with Graham Collin on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. That was a bit messy. That was a bit, bit messy for my intros. I, I like those, those little bits where I do a little intro. You know, that kind of I just want to be... That could be my permanent job. Just do those little coming up in this show, bloody bloody blah. That one got a bit messy. Apologies to you know long-term listeners who who look forward to those bits as much as I do, um, which I'm sure has a population of one, which is me. Um, I've just been looking at Teachers Talk Radio. I've been scrolling through the the webs verse, um, and Teachers Talk Radio doing a giveaway at this point, a giveaway. That's right. This is a good thing about Teachers Talk Radio. There's many freebies on offer all the time. Um, did you know if you call into certain shows at certain times, you can get a free mug, free notepad, a badge? That's right, kids. You could have a Teachers Talk Radio badge. Well, currently on Instagram, if you find the Teachers Talk Radio account, which is at TT Radio 2021, and like the, a post that they made about this giveaway, uh, you can win Cora's Pastel Highlighters. Uh, and they look they look legit, guys. They are good highlighters. There's a six-pack and there's a 12-pack of fine liners. Don't say we don't give you anything, guys. This is this is freebies a go-go on Teacher Talk Radio. If you have if you haven't got a mug, you could get a set of pastel highlighters and fine liner pens from Corez, which looks like a really cool um, stationery company. All you need to do is find the account on TT Radio 2021 on Instagram and like that post. You can tag friends in it, who knows, that might, and share the story and all, for an extra five entries you share it. Whoosh! I tell you what, Teachers Talk Radio, always on it, always on it. Proud to be a part of it on here. Um, but yes, there are all kinds of things you can be taking away. We, I've had lots of people win mugs on my own show in the past and notepads and badges and things like that. So get in on it, people. Teachers Talk Radio, you can find on Twitter, at TT Radio 2021 and on Instagram at TT Radio 2021 and it's in all sorts of other places online. When it, wherever you want to find it, you're probably going to find it. We also have our website, ttradio.org and we're here, of course, on Podbean. And after we, we've, we finish our live shows on Podbean, you can download previous shows. All previous shows ever aired on Teachers Talk Radio can be found on Podbean, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all kinds of crazy stuff. So what can I say? Teachers Talk Radio, you know, welcome, welcome. This is the place to be if you want to talk school related stuff. So today on my Sunday Brunch Show, I want to talk to you about your favorite teachers of all your time in school, the ones that really impacted on you. And I'd also very much like to hear about the ones that didn't about the ones who you think just weren't quite up to it, the ones that weren't quite right. But I tell you what, from asking about favorites, what I've really enjoyed from the people I've heard from is 
they're not always the ones you expect. And I think that's the way it should be. It's it's not the ones who are super kind, who are always the ones who are remembered. It's not the ones who gave loads of free stuff or gave them sweets every Friday or something. Those aren't the things that in the long term we remember. Um, a lot of people mentioning ones who were not always kind, but they taught them the most or they most impacted them or they guided them at a certain point or introduced them to something that changed the direction of their life after that. I find that pretty cool. I, I like that a lot. I like that it's not just, you know, the la-di-da, look at me, attention seeker. Usually, usually when I say that, I'm visualizing um, the typical white male teacher in the UK, overconfident, you know, um, in primary schools anyway. I'm probably speaking more so for primary schools. I am a white male primary school teacher in the UK, so um, I am very much at risk of being that. <laughs> Nathan says, me. This is me too, mate. Me too. Tom Rogers is in the room. I'm, I'm going to lump him in as well. We're all probably those things. No, I don't think so. I'm sure we have some level of, of humility, hopefully, to get us out of that stereotype. But I've certainly known a few in my time. I've certainly known a few in my time. Um, anyway, I want to hear from you about your experiences. You always hear about my experiences and you will continue to um, if you continue listening to the Sunday Brunch. But if you have a teacher you would like to let me know about your favourite or maybe one who you found tricky, um, I would love to hear it. I would love to hear some little light-hearted, um, humoured stories about maybe ones who you found tricky or ones that you thought were great. Feel free to throw them in in the Podbean comments or call in live and speak to me now. Tell me. I will even play you the intro of Graham's Shame if you want to tell me a shameful story related to one of your teachers of history. Not, not of history, not a history teacher teachers of your right y-o-r-e as in of the history of your life um anyway anyway <laughs> let's get into it let's get into it favorite teachers so for me i have to start off with the the one who i guess when i went into primary school teaching somewhere subconsciously i was probably aping along the way i was probably thinking let's be like him when i was in year five i had a teacher called mr chester's and he was a new teacher at the time. And you could, you could, looking back on it now, you could tell. I couldn't when I was a kid. I was just amazed. This is going back to like, what was the year? Like 1995, 1994, 1995, I think was the year. Um, and I was just amazed to have a male teacher. And the fact that he was like a youthful male teacher, um, Mr. Chester's, and I'll tell you, it was in St. Augustine's. So if you're out there, Mr. Chester's, call in. Tell me you exist and you're listening to the Sunday brunch with, with me, your ex-pupil, Graham Collum. Um, yes, Mr. Chester's was basically a young guy teacher who came in school. And I was in a, pri a Catholic primary school. So it was very much like a lot of it was maybe slightly older teachers, but very traditional teachers. It was very much we learned hymns and we did our spellings and we did our maths or sat down while the teacher showed us what to do. It was very traditional. And so it was exciting to have this younger male teacher come in and he was into his football. I'll never forget. He was a big Southampton fan and there'd be some days he'd come in wearing a Southampton shirt if they'd won at the weekend or something. And other times he'd be very shamed, shamed that they'd lost um, and people would rib him about it. I used to badger him about being in the football club and he he knew I wasn't good enough. But <laughs> I still made it into one or two matches just from nagging alone. And for that I would like to thank you, Mr. Chesters. Um, I do. I always wonder, though, whether how much of it was actually down to quality of teaching. I can't say I remember any lessons from him. I remember lessons from my year six teacher, Mrs. Sutton, who's more of your, you know, 
standard teacher you might expect. But she was she was cool. She was like an edgy teacher who was like a bit of a what's the phrase? A bit of a rebel. She's a bit of a rebel, and and she did her own thing. I liked Mrs. Sutton a lot. Um, she was one of those ones that when you're in the younger years, you don't think much, you're like okay, I don't really get the thing with Mrs. Sutton. And then when you're in a class, you're like she is a legend. She does her own thing. Very cool. But Mr. Chester's funnily, I think, and this is how shallow I was as a kid. Um, I think he was just just because I could associate with him. I think that, you know, I think just because I saw it was a male and he was into football and I was a male and I was into football. I think on that basis alone, he was probably not that good of a teacher. <laughs> he might have been. I'm sure he was very good. I'm sure he was fine. I remember despairing about division in one of his lessons. I could not get my head around what he was doing. Um, so, you know, um, and I remember him getting quite nervous a lot as well. He'd get quite red faced when he gets stressed. Um, and I also remember defacing his board at the end of one Friday and that that backfired. I might have to get that into a Graham Shame, actually. Yeah, I might. Maybe. OK, so Mr. Chester's, he's going to get the Graham Shame today. We'll get get to that later. Anyway, so he was kind of when I went to write down my favorite teacher, I went to write him. But then I thought. I don't really know why. And then I remembered in secondary school, there was a different teacher who was a properly good teacher. And so I'm going to give him a shout out to this teacher was called Dr. Warren. And you know, when they're called doctor, they're amazing. <laughs> I hope he was a doctor and he didn't just call himself that. No, he, he definitely was. He was a history teacher, Dr. Warren, absolute legend in all ways. So he cycled into school, right? And he he was one of these teachers who, like, there was no nonsense. He wasn't there for anything but the learning. And you'd have challenging lessons with him. And I mean, like, emotionally challenging. So he, he'd learn about tricky areas in history, ones which were, you could debate things about the different viewpoints and different ideas in history and different sides of conflicts and things. He was just, there was something about him. It was like effortlessly he brought it to life. Somehow, in one of his history lessons, he ended up playing guitar. And not in a David Brent way, like it worked and it like impacted on us in some way. But I just remember him having this, bringing out this guitar and being like, this is amazing. And it was, you know, <laughs> it was exactly as amazing. And it was relevant to the history learning. I remember it wasn't like some weird vein, like, look at me play this. It was like, got a bit emotional because he was singing a song that was relevant to something that we were learning about. And obviously it's escaped me in this moment. But um, Dr. Warren, I'll tell you what's an indicator of, of him being a cool teacher as well is he had a daughter in the school and obviously any teacher who has a kid in the school, it's a challenge. And there was another teacher who had, a, who had a son in the school. And to see how they each worked through that, having a kid in the school, I think is a massive indicator of their amazingness as teachers or, or not. Because the one who wasn't Dr. Warren, um, you know, there were, there were known arguments with his son, I think sometimes mid lesson, there was the son became much less awesome once the dad was teaching in the school. He was like, re, became a rebel and he hated everything. He came all kind of hated everything. The dad was clearly not handling it well. He came across very, very stressed and you'd always hear whispers about what happened in lessons. Dr. Warren, on the other hand, it was like weirdly wholesome. So Dr. Warren would like, you knew his daughter was there. You knew that they really got on and had a lovely time, but they wouldn't hang out loads. You wouldn't see them having little in-jokes. In fact, I don't reckon, remember any time where I really saw them being close, but maybe a time I saw them laughing together or something, but he just seemed to take it all in his stride. It was just, you know, he had his priorities straight. And that, I think, 
there's something about that that and I've got to remember this myself as a teacher I don't always is that actually if you just do the teaching part if you just focus on you know increasing their educational wealth right increasing their knowledge wealth throughout their time with you that is what they'll remember that is what kids care about um and it it absolutely um overrides any kind of humor or any like dr warren was funny but not in a try hard way right he was naturally funny at times when it was relevant but he wouldn't be hamming jokes into every day i think i i too often try to make a little joke out of things and actually need to need to need to be more dr warren um it's it turns out let's see sobia has dropped a lovely comment she says i had a great humanities teacher mrs muckle mckelroy uh, met her again as an adult see that's awesome i i met dr warren a little bit when when i was a little bit older but not old enough i was like in college um so not old enough to really you know have a chat i'd love to meet him now um, she teaches part-time, this is Mrs. McElroy, met her again as an adult. She teaches part-time and part-time counsellor now. English teacher was fabulous. Kit Thomas, vice-chancellor of a uni now. Fabulous, brought literature to life. That's always an amazing skill, invaluable. And again, it's about the quality of the teaching, isn't it? Somebody who brings that literature to life, they're focusing on their job as a teacher. They're not trying to impress. They're not trying to be anyone's best buddy. It's about knowing what your job is and doing it really well. Mr. Robson was brilliant, Sobia says, for science. And Mrs. Cowman's ignored me as an adult, so I no longer rate her. Ooh, that's an interesting one, Sobia. When it was all so positive, and then suddenly at the end, Mrs. Cowman's came out of nowhere and ignored Sobia as an adult. How dare you? You always think it's the kid's job to ignore the teacher. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was in I was in um, Tesco the other day, and there was a kid who I used to teach, and she was trying hard to ignore me um but i got her at one point i was like all right you know whoever it was gave her a little thumb up and she was massively embarrassed with her secondary school friends it's like yes that's what you get for ignoring your teacher <laughs> uh good 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 i love to hear about different teachers and the different experiences and, and i do think one of those threads that'll run through loads of these is going to be the quality and um, the quality of teaching being the thing that we remember. I remember in year seven, I had a science teacher. I've got, I'm going to pull up the stories from other people now. But while I'm getting, while I'm getting up here it is, um, I had a science teacher in year seven. And after every lesson, at least for the start of the year, when I was a half decent pupil, um, myself and a good friend of mine would stick around and ask him all these extra questions about what he taught. And he just loved it. Like I know now he probably was like, oh, I need to get my marking done. I need to do this. I need to do that. But he just gave the time. He sat there and we were like, and it was all science-based. We'd ask him this, we'd ask him that. We'd say, oh, that was amazing how that happened. How did that happen again? And he'd make it, explain it clearer for us. Neither of us, me and my friend who stuck around, neither of us were particularly intelligent with that kind of stuff. So I think we needed the extra exp explanation. But rather than writing us off or assigning it to somebody else to deal with, he just took the time after school to sit and explain. And it felt so cool. You know, me, my buddy and this cool teacher all sat talking about the science and gaining knowledge. And that's what I remember. I remember the impact it had on me as a learner. The same way Dr. Warren teaching me history, particularly learning about, you know, World War II and some of the real challenging areas within World War II, the Holocaust. Um, you know, I remember there was a time where he showed us the the Blackadder episode where I think they were the last Blackadder episode, which has a real poignant finish to it. And, you know, and it, it was relevant and it, it impacted on us in a way that if I just caught it offhand, I might not have realized. But to be introduced to that in the right way via a teacher, it suddenly turned this this piece of media into what it should be and what it was meant to be, which was, you know, hugely impactful. 
Um, let's have a little look at someone t on Twitter. Let's see if they carry on any any trends that we've seen about the teachers being remembered because they, they do their job of teaching well. Or are there some twists and turns? Here's some teacher that stood out to a few on Twitter. Um, Mina says, my chemistry teacher was a no-nonsense man who came from the industry of chemistry and one day decided he'd teach instead. He wasn't kind, but the best teacher I've had. What do you make of that? Not kind, but the best teacher. I like that. I think I need a bit more of that in my life as a teacher. Primary school is tricky because I think primary school, you do kind of have to be a bit of a jack of all trades. So there is a, a bit more of a place for, you know, getting on with them and having that, you know, that friendly relationship because you are not just a subject teacher. You are kind of a carer in many senses as well. And sometimes a parent in some senses and all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, primary school teacher might be different, but I love to hear these ones, the no-nonsense teachers who just did a great job and we remember them. That's awesome. A PENQT was kind and noticed I struggled with gymnastics. She helped me overcome my fears by joining her after school club. That's nice to think of an NQT impacting on someone in the long term like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite an eye opener because obviously as an NQT, I'm sure that NQT will never have appreciated that she or he or she um, impact on on this person's life, Mina's life. Um, but there it is. She did. And and she carries on none the wiser. And I guess that's that's the uh, honour of a teacher there. Um, Sobia says, as a teacher, I find it strange when some colleagues want to be friends with students. Oh, me too. And they really pride themselves on it, don't they? You know, the ones who really like, they try and get in all these conversations. I remember there was, there's one where, and they'd say how they talk about the kids about gossip in secondary schools. So when the kids would leave the primary with us, they'd like catch up with them and, oh yeah, and they're telling me all about this and tell me, all... and she thought it was really good. And for me, it was like awkward as anything. It kind of cringed me out. I was like, I don't want to be talking to you. Like as fascinating as it is, the whole science of secondary school and what happens to them in secondary schools, it's just, that's not your role. And it's confusing, you know, from a kid's point of view, like, Okay, so this person was shouting at someone one time for not doing their homework, and now I'm telling them about who's going out with who, and yeah, gossiping with kids. Uh, I'm getting seconded in the in the comments here that we all not fans of that. Yeah, it's odd, but you know, people. This is how people I think tick their boxes sometimes. This is how people feel value, and and there's going to be a whole wealth of reasons for why somebody gets to a point where they feel valued by getting a little gossipy. I guess you feel like it's exclusive for you. And I certainly remember there was a bit of a, I'm closer to the kids than you are kind of thing. Do you know, to me, there's a call coming in. Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to go straight to it. Um, call coming in, call coming in. Praveen. Hi, DJ. Praveen. How are you doing? All right? It sounded like a bit of a duff line there, Praveen. Are you calling in to tell me about your favorite or least favorite teachers? Uh, yes, uh, one of my famous teacher is math teacher. Okay, tell me, tell me it all. Tell me what what mattered to you about this math teacher. Oh, it's gone. They've gone. It was too much. I think I get the feeling that call called in, wanted a bit of a free for all. And when I took it to the conversation, it was like, you know, I'm not up for this. <laughs> I've made a mistake calling in to Teachers Talk Radio. I want to hear from you, Praveen. Who's your favorite math teacher and why? Um, but anyway, I'm glad you like your math teacher. That's good. Sobi says, I find it's their way of getting students on side when they cannot manage behavior. True, true, true. You know what? This is a whole new topic, isn't it? 
Um, let's make that. Let's make that for a future week. Let's talk about um, kind of blurring the line of friendship with kids. Oh, that's a little bit maybe too controversial. As I say that, I think maybe that's a can of worms. I'm not ready to open on Teachers Talk Radio. We'll see. We'll see. If I can form that into a good good show topic, we'll do that in future. I think there's some room in it there. But um, but then I don't want it just to be me ranting on about how I don't like people being pally with kids. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Mina also goes on to say the worst teacher was a music teacher. This is on Twitter, by the way. So comments are coming in about favorite and least favorite teachers. Mina has dropped in some of her favorite chemistry teacher who was not kind, but just the best teacher. I love that. Then there was an NQT who helped her overcome her fears of gymnastics but, um, in a club. And I love that she's remembered an NQT. And then worst teacher was a music teacher who liked, oh, okay, it crosses a bit of a line. The worst teacher was a music teacher who liked staring at our chests, apparently. I liked but learned little from the teachers that struggled with behavior. My English teacher was just too kind. She was a lovely person, though, and always had a kind word for us. So kindness does matter. Kindness does matter, people. I, I like to think, certainly, I like to think of myself as a kind teacher, but... Um, but not, but one who like, you know, can be firm as well. Firm, but fair, I guess. I think at the start of the year, what I'm getting from my kids this year is there's a little bit too much of the firm. And it's like, this guy is a bit intense. Um, and I think my kids are, they've come from, I think a much more fun and wild class last year to me being like, right, growth mindset, get focused, push yourselves. You're going to fail a lot. Um, and I think they're, they're, you know, they're coming to understand it is what I would say in inverted commas. TSCW says, I think I just liked teachers who saw me as a person, not just as a member of the class. Yeah, really important distinction. I remember a maths teacher had the same thing, really kind of worked with me personally to figure out the gaps in my maths. And it made such a difference on my confidence in general, on my love of learning in general. As soon as they they see you as a person, they access you as a person and, and help you fight your own challenges. What a difference it makes. Um, and TSEW says, I know that can be difficult in secondary. Absolutely. When you're teaching hundreds of kids, um, there are going to be those ones you don't get to know so well. And I guess we hope that other teachers will will pick up on those ones and maybe they will find their love in, in subjects. And we do our best. We do our best. What more can we do? Um, and actually, while I'm taught, while I kind of hark back to some of those ones, Dr. Warren, I say my favorites, I didn't get to my least favorites. My there was one teacher who always, whenever I talked to people about teachers that I did not enjoy or teachers that ways of teaching that I don't think are great, there was one teacher who always stands out to me. I won't say his name because I don't want to call anyone out or, or you know, make I, I take no joy in making anyone feel bad. But basically, I will talk about the teacher, you know, capital T, capital T, T and the teacher who is unpredictable. The one who jumps between joking and shouting. The one who is really pally with some and then they turn to you and they lay into you in front of your mates and you just feel the smallest thing in the world. That was that definitely that characteristic. And there is a specific teacher I remember. And that characteristic was the one that I really, really grew to hate. And I say grew to hate because when I was in school, I didn't see that as bad teaching. I thought, oh, yeah, he's quite funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a laugh. Blah, 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 all good. And it was only as I grew up and I saw through that and I learned about personalities and, and how we just, you know, how we treat other people and, you know, how we treat those that we don't have to treat well. Um, and I and it really became an ugly thing to me. And I really thought, oh, that's a poor quality to. And I remember one time 
in one conversation, there was myself, this teacher, and two of my mates with me, and there was no one else around. We were walking to a lesson, and basically he called he called me to the side, started saying, right, where are you guys going, blah, blah, blah. Um, I explained it, and then he went all lighthearted, like, oh, yeah, that's good. And then I went lighthearted in response, and I'm pretty sure I didn't cross the line. I wasn't rude. I just met his tone. And then he flipped again and went really like, right, well, you can tell that to the head teacher then. To which, like, colour, I felt the colour wash out from my face. I remember being nervous as hell, like, right, we're going to have to do this then. And he was dead serious. So I start walking, like, really feeling terrible and really nervous and, you know, not feeling good about this at all. Kind of edge of tears type of stuff, but but not really because I was probably a bit old for that. But inside, I was like, this is awful. Walking to the um, walking to the head teachers, he calls me back. Come on, I wouldn't make you do that. Da-da-da-da. Ugh, you know what? Forget it, mate. <laughs> you can you can go into the pile of worst teachers ever um, permanently for the rest of my life. Um, so that was my experience with my least favorite. I wonder if you guys had those kind of real unpredictable jump between one and the other. Ugh, hated that. Hated it. And I always my deepest fear, I think is becoming that because I am quite serious with kids, but I will joke as well. I'm like, I always in my heart of hearts, I'm like desperate to know that it's not that feeling like they know. And I'm sure they don't. I'm sure there's no risk of that at all. Um, if anything, I've been told a lot that it's a very chilled class I run. But um, but yeah, that that was a not fun. I wonder if you guys relate to that. If you want to tell me about your favorite or least favorite teachers, you can call in and tell me. This is Teachers Talk Radio. You can hit that grey round icon and tell me about your experiences. And I've just seen we've headed into the hour of 12. Pardon me. It's the hour of 12, which means it's time for the news. It's time for an ad break and time for Graham Shame, which is a slightly controversial one this week because I just remembered it earlier about one of my favorite teachers. And uh, brace yourself now. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, News first, word from our sponsors, and then Graham Shame, and then we'll wrap up the show. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, from the 20th of September, all staff working in schools will be able to access a toolkit of LGBTQ plus inclusive teaching resources and will have to complete a basic awareness course. LGBTQ plus history and topics will now be taught and integrated into everyday learning, making Scotland the first country in the world to make this mandatory. John Swinney, Deputy First Minister, praised the changes when they were confirmed earlier in the year, saying, Scotland is already considered one of the most progressive countries in Europe for LGBTQ plus equality. Schools in Norfolk have been impacted by the ongoing fuel crisis, with some fearing the return to online lessons. Some children who rely on special school transport arrangements have been unable to get to class. A Norfolk County Council spokesperson said, 
we are aware of a very few incidences where taxi drivers providing home to school transport have not been able to get fuel and are doing all we can to ensure that suitable transport remains in place. School buses have been unaffected so far, but there are 13,000 pupils in Norfolk who are eligible for funded transport to school. Former local head Jeff Barton, now General Secretary of the ASCL Head Teachers Union said, the last thing schools need is the added pressure of fuel shortages with the potential for this to mean that staff, pupils and suppliers are unable to get to school. Research conducted by SmartPurse has shown that despite financial education being included in the national curriculum since 2014, their children's financial literacy is still a concern for many parents. Guy Rigdon, CEO of MyBank, said barely a third of 7 to 17 year olds say they have received any form of money lessons. We cannot continue creating generations of young adults who don't know how to save or make informed decisions. For marginalised groups such as girls and young women, the margins are just too thin. It drives inequality and blights mental health. This has been your daily education news briefing. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Graham's Shame! 
Yes, it's time for Graham's shame. It's the time of the show. I tell you something rubbish I've done in my life so you can feel better about your life. I think I'm on my 29th show now and most of these have had a Graham shame and I'm starting to question my life choices at this point. Starting to wonder whether, for the most part, I've always thought, you know, everyone's got these things. Now I'm getting up to episode 30. I'm thinking, lads, do I have a problem? (laughs) And I promise you, I swear on my life, on anyone's life I know, everyone is genuine. I've never made up or winged a Graham shame. Um, Though some details, I must say, are are patchy sometimes. I don't always remember all the little details. Um, So this and this might be one of those. It goes back to me in primary school and it links to our theme this week. We're talking about favorite and least favorite teachers. This was one who I used to, I would kind of hold up as one of my favorite teachers, but really just because of his attributes that I related to him. And not that he was an amazing teacher, really. Uh, And perhaps this event will be, you know, does it show him to be a great teacher or not? I'm not sure. Um, I'm clearly not a great pupil and that's the point of it. So anyway, I hope that as I tell you this story, you might think, oh, I've done something similar and therefore I'm not the worst. We can connect and relate to each other or you haven't done anything like it and you can simply laugh at me being the worst. So um, year five, this was year five, probably relatively established at this point, maybe kind of I remember it being quite sunny in the afternoon. It might be kind of May time, April, May kind of time in the year. Graham is about 10 years old. In fact, he'd be nine years old, coming up to 10. And previously, we've heard about my poor references in class and not really understanding the words that I use. And this is another one of those. I don't know what was the matter with me in primary school. I don't know why I was so awful. But um, I think I was the youngest of six kids, right? And I think it was just like a hardcore version of youngest brother syndrome. You know, youngest brothers just being like a real wind up and like not nice people generally. <laughs> I think I was just like um, a mecca version of, uh, or you know, yeah, it wasn't good. Anyway, um, so it's getting towards the end of the day. Mr. Chester's is teaching us loving his work. We're doing RE and he's got a prayer on the board. This is bold, guys. I'm nervous about telling you. He's got a prayer on the board, okay? It's a it's a Catholic school, as you know. I'm brought up a Catholic, practicing Catholic. Every Sunday we would go to church. Um, and the last line of the prayer is, we will all share together. We will all share together. And I'll never forget that line because it's become historically significant in my life. Um, the last line of the prayer is, we will all share together. And he's he pops out of the class, right? And he's to have a conversation with a teacher or, I don't know, another adult, someone, maybe the head. I don't know what he's doing. He's popped out. We're copying up this prayer as a bit of handwriting. And he's gone for a longer time than you'd expect, all right? I can remember just the general thought of, like, he's gone a while. We could probably, probably do something here. You know, I feel bad. All right, so I need to tell you guys what happened. So he's got this poem on the board. The last lines we will all share together. He's popped out of the class for a weirdly long amount of time, which is weird because we were just kids in a class. There was no other adult there. And that's why this thing happened. So I, being way too bold, and I don't know why I did this, I headed to the line on the board, the poem on the board, the prayer. And I rubbed out the RE on share and changed it to a G. And then I returned to my place to see what would happen. 
and uh, you know, and quite swiftly he then returned to class. So there was no taking it back. I was considering taking it back, and I visibly remember, I vi- vividly remember considering I'll rub it off and put it back and then the door and it was like right go and at that point a bunch of us were up and out of our places so it was he kind of came back in right guys uh, you should all be sat down rush back and the nerves start setting in all right um a little while passes a little while passes eventually he spots it it's the end of the day it's like four minutes to the bell going and he spots that I've made this edit to the board and it's really bad and it's in a catholic school and it's language i don't even think i understood i just heard it on something and thought it was naughty and so um tsc says but it was mr chester's i know i think it there was this element of me you know tscw saying but it was mr chester's cry face as in like you're doing this to your favorite teacher and 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 I know, I think it was an element of I became so familiar with him. I was like, hey, I can, you know, I thought I was like invincible or something. I don't know. I was a kid. It was a poor judgment. So anyway, he spots it and he does a whole, right, no one's going home until I know who did it. And time goes and the bell goes and more time goes. And there are parents gathered outside. He's going, you're not going anywhere. And you can't go and because I know you guys know who did it. You can't go until, until we know who did it. And I'm there thinking, come on, guys, we just ride this out. He's going to have to let us go at some point. Just have confidence. But of course, a kid buckled, a kid who was usually my friend, but not always reliably, shopped me to the to Mr. Chester's. Uh, and then, you know, then, you know, it's going to go wrong. He he said, right, it was this. Uh, right. I wasn't I wasn't bold enough. I wasn't a kind of a it wasn't me type of kid. If if I'm shown, I'm going to admit to it, right? I'm going to be like, all right. So I'd played along at that point. Next thing I know, I'm at the head teacher's office, having to call home, speaks to my mum. I walk home on my own the whole time thinking, man, I'm going to have to speak to mum when I get home. This is the worst. Got in home. Mum was sat up in her room and I just remember being like, this is so bad. And, and it was. It, mum did one of these, like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed type of angles, which really I'm glad of because I, I would have least, you know, that that is the most effective way, isn't it, to get to someone. At that point, when you know they've spoken to the head teacher, you know they've been told off by the by their class teacher, you know they've been embarrassed themselves in front of the whole class. Um, the best thing is probably to go you know, I'm not angry, but disappointed. In fact, I remember in adult times, we've since come back and laughed lots about this story as a family. And I'm pretty sure I remember mum saying that um, that I think it was the head's advice because I'd had been kind of put through the ringer about it by the head and by my teacher and all the rest. I think the head had kind of advised, you know, he's had quite a lot of speaking at this point. So feel free to and that was it. That was my my awful, awful life choice in my favorite teacher's class at the time, changing the RE to a G. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to rem- remind you of what the line was or what the word was. I'm just going to say, don't change the RE to a G, people. It was a bad life decision. One of many. Graham Shane.
so there you go guys you can you can enjoy that one enjoy that one for free another episode of graham shame where i i was awful tscw dropped in a comment he said he's thank you for the likes by the way tscw he says mr chester's probably loved getting to the pub after work that night to be fair to relay that story you know what i've never thought on that angle in that he might have actually quite enjoyed the silliness of it and he was that kind of a teacher in that he was kind of down to earth enough he wouldn't be like he wouldn't i don't think he'd have a rant about the state of kids today and yada yada isn't it terrible he'd probably be like that's hilarious and so awkward and so thank you for that tscw that will help me sleep more easily at night um as i do continue to sleep better and better every time i offload a graham shame to all of you lovely lovely listeners we only have 15 minutes left on the sunday brunch with me graham column on teachers talk radio you can call in if you have your own favorite or least favorite teacher stories to share or you can drop comments live on the podbean app and thank you for being with us as we head through this we've got a few listeners in the room kermish stange don't know how to say that properly sorry code 2319 sounds cryptic and awesome enoch's still in the room Nathan's in the room, TSCW is in the room. Welcome, welcome to you all. Thank you for listening. Here are some other cool favorite and least favorite teacher stories. And this is a nice one just because of the the poetry of it, really. And this is a comment from somebody called Teresa on Twitter. She says, I was remembering just today as I planned Latin lessons when Mrs. Williams, um, who's no longer with us, sadly, in year six, gave me an etymology dictionary to answer a question. It opened a world of words to me. I think that's beautiful. I think that to to have this person now teaching Latin, which of course, the whole justification of Latin these days is its roots and the the understanding we gain of etymology through Latin. And so we've got somebody now who teaches Latin, remembering when a year six teacher gave them an etymology dictionary to, to tell them the origins of words, where words come from. And that opened the whole path of of the world of words and Latin and word meanings to this person in year six. And so, again, Mrs. Williams there um, may may never know the impact she made in your life there just by handing you a text that, you know, that you never knew existed. We always give dictionaries and thesauruses, etymology dictionaries we don't think about enough. And they're fascinating. It is fascinating to know where words come from and to understand the world in that way. Um, Very cool. So a lovely tale there from Teresa um, to see how a teacher has affected you into growing into your own Latin teacher. Um, Mr. Denby as well, she says, my French teacher who's still teaching helped that world grow and flourish. Well, that looks like a language learner who learnt through these other um, wonderful teachers. Fab. Um, Let's see. National Office TCF says, I'm Matthew Azang in Ghana. You know, you're our second listener from Ghana today, Matthew. Good to have you in the room. Let's see other comments about favorite and least favorite teachers. James Murgatroyd gave us some lovely um, comments actually about good and bad ones. And I love hearing about worse teachers. <laughs> Sorry about that, but I do. He says, Mr. Whitford, tall, scary, ancient, same age as I am now. So that's always that's always odd, isn't it? When you see a teacher is really old and then you're that age. See, I think I'm older than Mr. Chester's now. And I used to look up to him like, oh, you know, he was young and cool. And he was this great teacher. And now I'm older. I'm definitely not as as friendly as he as he was. Um, this Mr. Whitford, anyway, as James says, is interesting, interested and brilliant. Nice to distinguish between interesting and interested. Um, and he confirmed your love of maths. That's cool. Um, I had a Mr. Humphreys who really reached out for me in maths and made a massive, massive change. I think it's nice to name them when they're positives. Let's name those teachers because you never know. Maybe they'll, through some crazy means, they'll one day hear 
that they've impacted on on us. Mr. Newsom, young, funny, caring, creative, gave me confidence that you can't measure that. And that is the merit in the ones who are friendly and the ones who do sometimes give that extra reach out in an extra way, sometimes in that primary school, that pastoral way, building up someone's confidence. I think for myself, I probably don't appreciate the teachers that help build my confidence. I don't know which ones they were. I know a few, but um, those are the ones that I think are sometimes harder to spot because you don't always see your self-grown confidence. You do notice when you suddenly understand stuff in maths or when you suddenly gain an understanding of etymology. You can measure that, but confidence is much trickier. Then there's a mysterious Mr. W that James mentions. Angry, sarcastic, impatient. I pass maths and chemistry as a screw you. Ooh, I think you still have some issues there, James. <laughs> I think you need to sit down and talk about your Mr. W experience. Um, I get it, though. I get those ones. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you passed maths and chemistry, he probably went away and thought, I did good by that kid. <laughs> he finally understood that I was a good teacher. Whereas, you know, it didn't last well, but he did get you through the subject. You did learn it. Is that worth crediting? Maybe, maybe. What do you think? If it's somebody hates you as a teacher, but they come out with good results, are they a good teacher? <laughs> Probably not. Um, so those are some ones on Twitter. There's, there's another one. What's this one? Worst teacher. Oh, no, we saw that one. No, I think we've gone through the bulk of them. We've gone through the bulk of them. Um, favorite and worst teacher. I'd love to hear from you guys if you have any last ones. Let me just see. National Office TCF, I think is trying to plug some company of his own in the comments. I wouldn't recommend um, trying to plug yourself via. You know, if you do want to advertise on Teachers Talk Radio, there are channels to advertise. So National Office TCF, who's in the comments, kind of plug in their company. You're fine to do that in the comments. It's a free world. But if you do want to advertise with Teachers Talk Radio, you can. You can get in touch and we can record you an ad. We can write you an ad. Um, please don't feel you need to jump on random podcasts and drop adverts. Um, you can actually organize to have adverts made and played for you. Oh, I'm anxious. They're calling in. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Look, I am an open book. <laughs> this um, platform on Teachers Talk Radio, my room of Teachers Talk Radio is open. Um, so, oh no, they've gone. They've gone. They didn't, they didn't go with it. You can advertise on Teachers Talk Radio if you wish. So, oh, here they are again. Let's have a little look. Hello, National Office TCF. Can you hear me? No, they've gone again. Trying to have you in here, National Office. Yes, hello. You're in. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, sir. Good, good. We are talking about favorite teachers and least favorite teachers in your experience. Um, Before you tell us about Trust Charity, as I'm sure you want to, can you do me a favor and talk to me about some of your favorite or least favorite teachers in your experience. Okay. Um, I love to teach personally and okay. uh, I teach I teach both um, the word of God and that of any knowledge I come across. And okay, I think, exciting. Uh, teaching, I guess, yeah, in a way then, we could talk about lots of people being teachers. What I'd like to, to speak to you about, if you can, is teachers who you've had so teachers who have taught you ones that you've loved or you've hated? Oh, I've loved those who have taught me so far. You see, normally when we were students, 
normally when you are a student, you will hate them because they are always trying to correct you. You wouldn't understand it till <laughs> you complete and you get to some level. You recall and now know that there were those who helped you to get to where you are. So I really loved all those who have taught me so far. Well, that's nice. Well, that's Did you nice. have any nightmare teachers? Any ones that were just the worst? Well, um, yes, yeah, definitely some of the things they did, they, they are also human beings. They fought. Yeah, so there were one or two things they did that were not all that good to me. Yes. Okay. Interesting. I feel like there's, there is an unknown element here. Anyway, um, yes, I was saying, I, I could see you dropped in the comments. You want to talk about Trust Charity Foundation in Ghana. I wouldn't like you to advertise here on the air, but you can advertise on Teacher Talk Radio if you check out the website, ttradio.org. We can sort you out an advert. I might even be the one saying your advert. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, ttradio.org. Get in touch. We'd love to have you. Okay, thank you, then. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. So there we go. There we go. TSCW has dropped a lovely comment here as we head towards the last few moments of the show. TSCW has dropped a lovely comment here about, um, about a favorite teacher of their own. Let's have a look. A great teacher I had was a no excuses kind of teacher. That on its own, TSCW, is slightly controversial. Um, she really worked for the type of student I was um, as I knew I couldn't get away with any form of tardiness in her class. That's cool. I got an A in her side of my A-level classics. It was an A or bust as far as she was concerned, though. The other side, I got a low D. Wow. I enjoyed it a lot more and it was a lot more relaxed. It all averaged out okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear, obviously, all's well that ended well, that ends well. But um, yeah, that's interesting. The idea of kind of no excuses. I like that. And I try to be that kind of teacher, but sometimes I lack conviction. Sometimes I need to, um, you, you know, I'll, I'll say like no excuses and try and cut down the tidiness. But kids do, I'll be honest, I'm not I haven't mastered that game yet. I haven't mastered the kind of, I still have kids who like do late homeworks and they kind of low effort at some times. And, you know, I speak to them about it individually. I wouldn't embarrass in front of the class and things, but I haven't yet mastered it. So I'm working on that one. I would have to try and find your previous teacher and get some tips. But that's great to hear. Love the experience to hear that you've had with that person. Actually talking about personal goals. Um, I, I meant for part of today's show, but it, perhaps it'll be next week's show or some other time in the future. Um, I'm, I mean to have one about work with TAs. I want to talk about people who manage their TAs really well, because I, it's an area I just can't seem to, to nail down. And it's ever since I've been a teacher, I'm 10 years teaching now, more than, um, and I just can't seem to crack the TA side of things. And I can to a degree, and I know there's the option of timetabling and communicating clearly and having a little book where you can note things down to each other. I just can't seem to pin it down. So that was going to make a part of today's show, but it turns out the teacher discussion has made up more than enough to fill our show today. And TSCW has capped off his comments to say, I was terrified of her and I wasn't scared of anyone else. So there you go. Maybe that's the key. The thing is, there is such an art to this. There is such so much to talk about. The art of kind of being harsh, but not too harsh, saying no excuses, but understanding some kids that actually they come from a context that maybe that they will have some trouble 
you know, kids being scared of you, but enjoying your lessons or appreciating you as a teacher. There's a lot of like, what, what I'm seeing here is a lot of spectrums. And what you don't want to be, what I think we don't want to be, we don't want to be down the middle of all the spectrums. We don't want to be a little bit okay and a little bit not okay at all things. We want to have like our clear style. Like I, I'm not good at chasing up homework, but I, but you know, I run a tight ship or whatever, or, or you're scared of them. But by the end of the year, they, you understand them, they understand you and you will get away. Okay. You know, like to have one extreme and one that isn't, because that's probably truer of who we are as people, right? We have certain things we do well, certain things we don't do so well, certain sides of us that are really refined and well prepped for school, other sides that need to improve, um, rather than always being a, you know, perfect kind of 50, 50, 50 on everything. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice hearing about all the different styles of teaching, the ones that work and the ones that are remembered. And probably as a parting note today, I would try and remind us that, the teachers that are remembered are not, there has not been one that has been mentioned on any of the comments or any of the things in the show today that has been remembered because they were funny. There's not been one who was remembered because they, you know, they were a joker or they kind of ran around and made other teachers look bad. The teachers that are remembered are clearly remembered because of how they impact on your education. And that is our job as teachers. That is why we came in. That's what we intended to achieve as teachers was to be able to impact people as learners. And clearly that's what sticks. That's what people care about. They care about how much you, you know, the quality of learning you impact on them. If you open their eyes to something new in life, like the etymology of words or, you know, an instrument they hadn't tried before, you you build their confidence, allow them to master something they, they hadn't mastered before due to confidence or due to skill. Um, you know, the our job title means something. We are teachers. And it turns out that that's what people want from us more than anything. They want a teacher. So there you go. If, you know, if you want to be an amazing teacher, teach. If you want to be a least favorite teacher, um, try and be their mate or get distracted from teaching by trying to be funny. Who knows? Who knows? It's been a pleasure being on the airwaves. Thank you for interacting. TSCW dropped a bunch of lovely comments today throughout. Lesson copy, Nathan, lovely to have you in the room always. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, and a bunch of other people. Enoch, thanks for being in the room. Someone called Mess, who I haven't heard from, but I love the screen name. Uh, Sobia as well. Thanks for sticking through as well. It's been a pleasure. I wish you all the best. I'll speak to you next week. Maybe about people who are too pally with their kids. Maybe about TAs. Maybe about something else altogether. It's been a pleasure. Speak to you next Sunday. Have a great week, guys, and take care of yourselves. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. I can't be the only one who's going to spend the rest of this day thinking, what type of teacher am I? Am I, am I one of the good ones? Am I one of the bad ones? Oh, man. Good luck to us all.